Fanboys and Friends presents a Marvel Cast, Earth's Mightiest Spin-Off Podcast. Okay, so first off, I just want to say, I get it. A girl. You get what? High school. Kamala. Kamala. Another adventure shirt. Cute. She a thinks I'm some girl. kind of weirdo. You are a weirdo. Boys. Dreaming of Excuse more. Me. Yeah. <laughs> You're kind of on my shirt. Sorry. But you're staring out the window in your little fantasy land. Kamala, hey, already? Really? Come on, like. Do I have to figure out my whole future before lunch or is like. Maybe they're right. I spend too much time in fantasy land. That is not you. It's not really the brown girls from Jersey City who save the world. That's a fantasy, too. Did something happen to you? No, why? Did you hear something? Kamala? What does it feel like? Cosmic. I always thought I wanted this kind of life. But I never imagined any of this. Do you know what you are? Smells like Marvel Spirit, the Kamala Diaries. Well, again, and welcome to the uh, premiere episode of um, our Marvel cast, Earth's Mightiest Podcast, the latest in our spinoff series in Phase 2, no less. Yeah, I know, Feige, I'm, t- I'm stealing your bit. Deal with it. Phase two of our Disney Plus wing of uh, MCU, you know, coverage. Uh, this spinoff show of Smells Like Marvel Spirit, The Kamala Diaries. No, no, gang, you're not listening to a CW podcast, although the title does sound like one. And uh, giving these first two episodes, um, the discussion might sound like one too. So who knows? Maybe you are. I am your host, Davidson, and the master of ceremonies of all this. And with me, your friend and mine, the wielder of the Infinity Gauntlet, the symbiote of all ages of long boxes, Mark Herleman. Mark, how's it going, bud? You know, you would think I would have bigger arms with all the long box action, but it's going pretty good. Well, yeah. You know what? Being a parent, I think bigger arms would come in handy on your end, wouldn't it? Right, right. Yes. Especially yes. now that two of my kids are over 18. Oh, God. <laughs> Get oh, over God. here. I'll, I'll start <laughs> praying for you now, dear boy. <laughs> uh, over 18, Jesus. I know. Yes, the uh, the age where uh, where any mood can happen, any moment. I've heard enough horror stories to be like, um, do I really want to do this? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, well. Oh, well. But enough on that. This isn't the parent-raising podcast because, uh, well, it would just be a one-sided podcast. It would just be you talking, Mark. Right. <laughs> so let's go into the first two episodes of uh, Miss Marvel. So, Mark, if you will... 
please take us uh, through these episodes, the first one in particular as well, and we'll uh, just discuss verbatim as we do. Yeah, uh, the first one is Generation Y. That's the title of uh, episode. A, a, a good, a good title, by the way, because as you know, Mark, your age and mine can uh, uh, be can attest to. We're questioning that a lot, right? <laughs> not, not, not with our own, but with every other generation we're looking at. I'm looking at you, children, right? The the Y gen, we're the now generation, and all these different generations. Yeah, who just... knows? Who knows? A TikTok or Twitter or Twitter or whatever it is. I'm gonna claim from '77 to present as the Star Wars generation. <laughs> I'll I'll claim from '81 to now. I kind of got a taste of that old Star Wars because, uh, let's just say, I was around for the tail end of it. Right. So that kind of counts. I can kind of consider myself a star baby, I suppose. Right. Back in the days when you actually had to go to watch uh, your stuff in the theater. Now these kids get to watch it on their TV and tablets, get their Generation Y action. Yeah, you know so, what? You know what, kids? As a old man tangent, there was a time long ago where you went to a theater. You shared A theater popcorn. near you. You, you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You shared popcorn. You tried to get lucky on a date, but, you know, that never worked anyway. But still. <laughs> I just remember thinking all the movie theaters by me were called a theater near you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, tangents aside, please right. go, go on. Well, so before we get into the actual episode, I, I want to put it out there that this wasn't really my cup of tea. Um, but I acknowledge this isn't aimed for me. This is aimed for, you know, my kids. Uh, more notably, my youngest, my 10 year old, um, yeah. Kamala Khan is 16 at this point, you know, and, and I find the character interesting. I actually follow the character in the comics. Um, the, uh, guardians, I believe it's, it's been a while since I got a, a new episode of the, or new issue of it. Uh, the team that she made with Miles Morales and Kid Nova and, uh, Vision's daughter, Viv and a couple other characters, I think, uh, Hulkling or something, one of the Hulk's. Chow as Hulk was part of the team, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, so I followed her from that, you know, and, and the character, you know, she's in the comics, she's inhuman. Uh, her embiggen power, she's kind of like Mr. Fantastic. So, you know, I'm going into this thinking kind of like the lines of Thor, you know, a character that like I, I saw some of the comics and stuff. Actually, I think I actually follow Kamala Khan more than I ever did Thor. Um, but I had that same interest in going into this like are we i feel like we're seeding things later that are going to come with another team but i feel like it's such a long game right now that i'm just kind of like waiting to go through the most so i'm just watching this to watch it yeah. um and and the more i watched it the more i was like okay you know it's, it's cool it's got really cool visuals the story's cute um it's got a family vibe uh so i like those elements about it but then i realized you know for the younger generation this show's pretty damn awesome because it's showing an everyday kid that that's a fan of the Avengers and his fan growing out, kind of like what happened with Kate Bishop and Hawkeye, yeah. um, getting an opportunity to step out of her box and become a hero like 
her heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of cool. And the fact that, you know, Kamala is only 16 at this time and, you know, for younger kids, they're able to relate to that. And I think that that's probably going to be one of the best things about this season. And, and if we get a second season uh, and where we go eventually with the character. But I think that that for me was the thing that kept me coming back for the episodes. I was, I was kind of bored. You know, I was right. waiting for more to happen. But the relationship that she was having with everyone around her, like with her brother, and when she brought in uh, Kamran, and she's like, oh, he's our cousin, and just trying to play that off. And Bruno, you know, I, I really like Bruno, and it took me a while to realize that he was from The Walking Dead, because I'm like, God, who, you know, that kid looks so dang familiar. Oh, really? Yeah. I yeah, he got... Kid- I thought that kid looked familiar. I didn't recognize him without blood and entrails on him. Right? Or or his head on a stick. Uh, yeah, he didn't survive <laughs> the whisperer. Yeah, that that too. <laughs> I mean, uh, but, I, I checked out around the whisperers period, but yeah. But yeah, so as the episodes progressed, you know, I, I was getting more and more into it. But I would say by the fifth episode, I was still kind of like not really invested i i was more invested in my questions at that point of like why are we doing this what is going to happen and you know we did get a lot of those things answered as we went along but i mean that i want to preface going into this that that's kind of where i was and so it was more of i was just watching i wasn't really judging anything because it was just so vastly different from the comic source material right yeah. and 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 that was purposeful i mean they were purposely doing that so i was letting that all go like you know we're going somewhere with this and we'll see and when we get to the you know two episodes from now discussion uh, you know i'm curious to see what you think of that but at this point with the first two episodes it, it's more about setting up who kamala is her relationship with the people in her life um and then the history of what's going on with her family and how the bangle that she get that gives her her powers plays into that. And it's, it's a slow burn, man. It was a slow burn for me. So I think the thing that really draws most people in is the visuals because they, they were doing a lot of really cool stuff with the backgrounds. And when she was talking and you'd see like cartoons and moving and stuff. Oh yeah. I got to point one thing out and, and I agree with you on all points. Right, it this was a show not for us, uh, you know. It was clearly not made uh, for that. Um, now, as we, when we get to uh, our last episode, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, clearly it's also a very important show, but we'll get to that later. Uh, and the window, it it kind of blows right open. Uh, with a certain music riff, but more on that later. Um, but I will say, initially, especially with this first episode, this is the one where I really felt like it... Okay, you know what? Star Wars does Star Wars, MCU does MCU. I think people are are nuts when they try to say, okay, Disney does everything, because... Other than owning it, no, they don't. Uh, you and I have gone over this on nauseam, and it's you know mm-hmm. fact whether people want to admit it or not. But I think what's what's obvious here with this first episode especially is this is the one that feels the most like a Disney show. It feels like uh, you know the early days of Boy Meets World, or it feels like you know uh, Lizzie McGuire. Yes, I did watch that, kids. Don't judge me. Um, 
it, but you know what I mean? It just feels like, you know, something you would see on the early days of Disney Channel. No, I, I think you're on the nose with Boy Meets World. I, that's a show I love. My wife loves it. Um, we introduced our kids to it when mm-hmm. Girl Meets World came out. We watched that. Yeah. Um, and, and Girl, we even Meets, Girl Meets World, which, by the way, um, could have been its own show if it wasn't so obsessed with actually finishing Boy Meets World. Just right. saying. <laughs> right. No, you're not wrong. Um, but we, we, you know, when it came out on Disney Plus, we started rewatching the older episodes because we only had a couple of the seasons. Mm-hmm. And our favorite seasons were when they got out of high school to last their senior year into college. You know, like yeah. that's Corey became, you know, nuts and all that stuff. But you when, you, into, when you go back you and you watch it, real stuff. Right. And, and, you know, I would say Buffy the Vampire Slayer is a lot like that, too. Like, it, yeah. it, you know, once you get to about fourth and fifth season on, it really gets good. But, Absolutely, you know, the first stuff, yeah. it's building so much. And, and yeah, like I said, this episode, it's. It's building on the relationship she has she has with her parents, her relationship with Bruno, her relationship as a fan of Carol Danvers, but I would say her relationship as a fangirl because you know she's a cosplayer, um, yeah, and that's very yeah, important which, to her. Which is actually really cool, and uh, and there's another matter I'll talk about as we go further along in the episode, which I think is very important. And I know Feige would love to do one of these, but uh, come on, Avengers Con, Feige, you may ha- you may have all the power right now in your trippy little ego with Marvel Studios, but guess what? You don't have a Dan Madsen. Dan Madsen is exactly why Star Wars has Star Wars Celebration to this very day. So good luck with your little Avengers Con dream, buddy. You do not have a Dan Madsen to basically be down in the trenches, you know, and bringing us the joy that is Star Wars Celebration. Well, you know, another thing that I think about in the overall aspect that we don't realize at this point is Kamala's kind of not neglected per se because her mom is very involved and and wants to know what she's doing yeah but her mom's also detached i mean so kamala's costume of miss marvel or captain marvel mm-hmm. is like cardboard really cool looking but it's it's she's made it right her and bruno yeah. have been working on it together and then when she does ask her mom to go her mom gives them these really cheesy Hulk costumes that she made, right? <laughs> and yet by the, by the end of the season, funny. we find out that mom actually makes her the costume. It's like, okay, if mom has that skill, then mom just didn't really give a rat's rump about what Kamala was interested in. And you could tell by the way she did the Hulk costume, because in the end, mom's what gives her the rock star costume. And like, I, I know cosplayers that, like, you know, their parents are the ones that do the sewing and stuff. And those kids have awesome costumes. To think that mom had those skills but was not going to use them to help her daughter at this point, right? Right, because, right. Because she's so controlling and she wants her daughter in, in, in this certain box that she thinks her daughter needs to be in. So, I mean, there is a lot going on. And, and you know, I – some of the other Disney Plus shows that when we record, I've watched them two or three times. I've only got to watch these once. And so I'm still like, as we're talking about it, kind of like coming to conclusions and stuff based off of the entire series as we talk about these first two seasons. So I don't want to skip ahead, but I find that 
as you're watching it on the second time through, which I haven't done, but just talking about it's making me already think about it. There's a lot more that I'm picking up on that I didn't realize the first time through. You, you know what um, the mom reminds me of? Hmm. The mom reminds me of, and and of course, take out what we know now from a certain Obi-Wan Kenobi series. But the mom here reminds me of uh, Uncle Owen when we just saw him in episode four. You know, back mm, when right. back when we thought that he was just being a dick. Right, before we find out there is a heart of gold underneath that yeah. sand crusted. That's tunic. what the mom here was reminding me of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, she's definitely at this point in the ser- uh, series. She's super. I don't even. I don't know. Is overprotective fair? I I feel like she wasn't quite overprotective, but she was definitely very traditional, and things had to be a certain way. Well, when you look at it, it's a combination. Uh, you know, she acts like uh, every Jewish mother. Combined with every helicopter parent, mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, now, now let me just say before everybody flips out and goes, hey, "It's a Pakistani show." Shush. I know that. Let me just say flat out, I applaud Marvel because uh, I think Mark at this point they're 14 years in; they've earned the right to do this, but. Mm-hmm. I applaud Marvel for doing something entirely different mm-hmm. um, and and basically highlighting, uh, you know, certain aspects. And we'll talk about it more as we keep going, but uh, highlighting certain aspects of a, of a, not just family dynamic, but a culture that we as lazy Americans know very little about. All right. Right. And that, and, and I actually appreciated that because, you know, you got to see how the family dynamic worked. You got to see how when, you know, she goes and she's eating food with some other people from Pakistan and they give her the rice. She's like, how hot is this? Is this really spicy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. That's, I mean, for me, I mean, you know, th- that's been like my introduction to that type of a culture is going to different restaurants and trying new things that I wouldn't normally go outside of my comfort zone and try. Yeah, because we're so used to our little, like, you know, know, easy to sunburn, pale skin box. Right, right. So I I can't get away from the McDonald's app and a free or a dollar French fry, man. Large fry for a buck? Yeah, I'm good. (laughs) But no, I mean, you know, I, I, I like that other cultures are being represented. That's one of the things I liked about Shang-Chi. Mm. Um, you know, the fact that we're starting to get to see more. And the thing about it is like, I'm hoping that it's authentic yeah. because I really don't know. Um, and, and so I'm assuming it is, I'm assuming Disney's done their homework. They, they seem to be more genuine when it comes to those kind of things in this day and age than they were back when, you know, they were making other well, movies. I mean- I mean, well, you mean Song of the South? Come on, <laughs> Disney's learned much more. Better, much I, I was going to say Pocahontas, but <laughs> oh, okay, all right. I, I, you were trying to go with the insensitivity soft blow. I just, I just took that ball and hit you right in the face right. with it. Right, right. Ah, my nose. Uh, you know, but yeah, hit, I mean, you, hit like, you right in the nose with an Uncle Remus, and all of a sudden you're like Marshawn the Brady Bunch. Well, and and the other thing that plays out throughout the series that we don't realize at this point 
is the story with damage control. Uh, the Department of Damage Control and uh, uh, was it Agent P. Cleary? Uh, I think is her name. Patricia, maybe I can't remember I what her first so. name was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the way she, like I I have to watch it again because I'm not exactly sure why she became so bent. Like you know, it just it we'll, seems we'll like to, she was we'll putting everybody in a box. Later. We'll get to yeah. her more later. So yeah, because I think what was it episode two or three that that starts to really pick up like at this point I, I think it's two and three yeah yeah at this point it's just a mid credit scene which i was honestly surprised we had one <laughs> yeah i'm uh for for reasons that are pretty biased to what i do for a living i enjoy the the post credit scenes on my shows because the only one i'm cleaning up after is me right right <laughs> no real problem there Right. So getting back into, uh, you know, the, the uh, summary, basically, uh, you know, she's going, she's trying to get permission from her parents to go to Avengers Con. Uh, they're not going to do it at first. And then, you know, if you do it with your dad and then she sneaks out, you know, she's like, right. Yeah. Like, like any typical child, she's pretty out. Much. This is another aspect I like, um, you know, not just the stinking out, but just how the dynamics and all the stuff we were talking about earlier. You know, yes, it's a Pakistani family and, and uh, you know, it's a big representation deal having, you know, a Kamala Khan, um, you know, brought into this anyway. But I'll just say whether it's the mother, whether it's the dad, well, maybe not the dad because most families can't. can't you know, relate to a dad acting like this, but right. You know, certain aspects of this family, right? Uh, you know, I mean, culture being as different as as night and day, considering what we're generally used to in our small little confines. Mm -hmm. But there isn't a single aspect of this family that you can't watch this, whether it's made for you or not, and be like. Oh yeah, that's my mother. Right, right, right. <laughs> there isn't a single aspect here. I mean, maybe the the like I said, maybe the praying in a mosque because, uh, well, again, culture being vastly different between, you know, uh, uh, Pakistani culture versus our comfortable little box that we've made for ourselves. Mm. Uh, that being, you know, night and day, obviously, polar opposites of each other. The, the, the relation that we all can agree with is, yeah, we, there isn't a single person on this planet who doesn't have a mother who's slightly overprotective. Right? Right? I mean, would you not agree? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there is the other statistic of those kids that, have the mom that doesn't care but i mean you know, for the most well, part everybody i know that that's been active well, in their I kids mean, lives to be fair, so we don't talk about we treat those families like bruno we don't talk about them. right uh speaking of things we don't talk about uh kamala got a package from her grandmother sana uh and that's how she gets the gold bangle which of course her mom sees it as junk so kamala grabs that right before she sneaks out to use it as part of her costume 
And now I gotta, I gotta stop you right here and point out. You know what I originally thought those were? What's that? Uh, the the quasar wrist gauntlets. Oh, oh yeah. I'm like they don't want to go with that cosmic yet. Oh, well, I kept wondering if there was gonna be a second one. You know, uh, I, I mean, we're getting there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly this kind of you know swings a, a door open that we've been waiting for forever. Right. But and this this is the big change. But to go quasar, right? We're not we're not ready for that kind of weirdness yet. The average right. MCU fan isn't ready yet for that. Right. Right. And th- this is where we get the first of the big dramatic changes from the character Kamala. Yeah. Because she doesn't get her powers in the comics this way. If I and correct me if I'm wrong, but she gets them through the terragenesis. She goes in the cocoon. It's the and, it's the it's the terragenesis. Yeah, I believe a um a a bomb of um uh, terragenesis mist goes off. Right. And Kamala's consumed by it, and that's how she gets her power. So this is probably the most. Uh, and I think it had a lot of question marks when fans first saw it. Mm-hmm. I mean, now they're probably going back and reevaluating it as right. they should. Right. But um, I think it, it raised a lot of question marks at first, but this is the major 180 change between Kamala Khan in the comics versus Kamala Khan here. And it goes with exactly what I've been saying with the MCU. You need to adapt your source material. Right. Right? Because they definitely did that. Now, yeah, they definitely did that. And uh, granted, we'll talk about how they did, but uh, I think you and I can agree, Mark, right up front is... Uh, I think Feige is really tired of waiting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got news for you, fella. So are we. Right. <laughs> um, you know, I and what I think about when I, I think about these changes, like, I'm not invested in the character, right? But right. if yeah, I man. was, I don't know if I'd be upset or not. Um, so, so listeners out there, if you're a big Kamala Khan fan, let me, let us know. I mean, I, I'm curious what you think because, you know, not not only at this point we just assume it's just her bangle that's giving her her powers. We're going to find out later that there's other stuff going on, but right, it, yeah. it the, the way it's presented at this point and going probably up to the first four or five episodes, I feel like she has a lot more in common with Chung Chi than she does even Miss Marvel. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's almost like you could say that their plots are very similar to a degree because they both get, you know, this ancient, maybe alien device. Well, I guess hers actually is, we find out later, like, extra-dimensional <laughs> device. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah it's... In a very sort of, there could have been, um, if this were a movie, this sort of... Alien interdimensional thing, I think, would have been flushed out more. I mean, part of what annoyed me overall with this series, or or so far what the Disney Plus shows have been doing, is this, and and I felt the same way with Obi Wan Kenobi. I enjoyed it, 
but I'm sorry, you're, I'm, and maybe this is just Disney's fault, I kind of know it is, because, you know, it's Bob Chapek and his little sort of, oh, look at me, look at me, <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, Disney, you gotta stop giving the IPs you have a mandate of just six episodes, because, you're limiting your storytellers if you if you continue doing that. Mm -hmm. I mean, would would does that sound fair to you? Sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, thank God She-Hulk is nine episodes. You get to at oh, least is? breathe a little bit more with that. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the norm right now for Disney Plus is they're so small be it Star Wars, Marvel, or, or, you know, any of these little miniseries that they're doing, you're just like, how are you going to wrap this up? Because, you know, some of them have, have put a lot out there. Whereas this one, like I said, it was a slow burn, you know? Yeah, it was, but, but what I'm saying is eventually they've got to change that. The, yeah. Because it, it is, it is it not up. helping your creatives on either side. No, you've got to have people that know how to tell stories in that type of a format. And if you get somebody that doesn't, it's going to fail. Um, right. And what what we got to worry about with Disney is when they see their failures as an opportunity to learn and then sometimes learn the wrong lesson. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they, you know, if you look at just Disney on it on its own, mm -hmm. they did come out with Song of the South. So and how slow did they take to learn anything from that? Right. Right. I mean, uh, Uncle Remus, Renanny Bells. Just saying. Yeah. yeah. You know, Disney, uh, this... has an, Disney has enough skeletons in its own closet without rummaging through Marvels or Star Wars, for that matter. Right. The story on the first episode is pretty small. Yeah. I would is. say you get it a is. lot more visuals uh, going around in the aspect of how Kamala's talking with Bruno. You do. Her you best do. friend and stuff. Yeah. And. Honestly, though, for me, like, I, there's no visual that really stood out. They were all just really cool and artsy and artistic. And, and when you're getting the montage training, when uh, she and Bruno are, are training with her, her powers, um, I'm like, I'm sorry. When, when that little light disc hit Bruno in the face, <laughs> I'm sorry. If this were something like the boys on Amazon Prime... Right. Half of Bruno's face would be gone. Right. And seeing that, like like we said, you know, I mean, the the biggest shift is how she's getting the powers. Because in the comics, she's more like Mr. Fantastic. She's not projecting anything right. out. Right, yeah. I think that's why they made the change, because we know Reed is coming, so you can't exactly have two of the same. Um... Now, the way they play it, you technically don't have much of a difference with their powers, right. but we'll get into that later. Right, it comes much later, yeah. But yeah. you can't exactly have two of the same uh, stretchy people running around. And we know Reed's coming. Right. Right. Um, so, like I said, you know, they she sneaks out, she grabs a bangle, she goes down to the Avenger Con with Bruno. Mm -hmm. um, and then when she's up on the stage, she you know, puts her hands out and her powers start manifesting. I was like, Oh wow. Right. She ends up saving one of uh, her co classmates, I guess. Is what you could yeah. Say, so. so 
who kind um, of a friend. I gotta point out, looks like a very CW discounted version of Bella Thorne. <laughs> Uh, she's a, a viral uh, social media personality that has a viral uh, following. Of so like that is. that plays out later. Um, of course she is. She looks like every TikTok kid that our generation just looks at and goes, what's wrong with all of you? Right. Yeah, I mean, th- there's not a lot to this episode. At this point, we're pretty much wrapping up. I mean, you know, they go home. Um, they get in trouble with their mom. You know, she mm-hmm. tells her, you know, you got to focus on your own story. Which, you know, I, 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 the parallels to this and Shang-Chi, man, I mean, and I like Shang-Chi a lot. So, like, I, I, I think the more I watch this, the more I'm going to appreciate the show. Right. Um, like I said, you know, going into it, I was just like, eh, it's not really for me. And I understand it's not for me. And so let's just see where this goes. Right. And, now, now I, before we go on to episode two, let's talk about, you know, uh, let's talk about something where... This pretty much, if it if it were to happen, and I alluded to it earlier, and you know, Feige, of course, being the uh, the glut for ego stroking that he is, mm-hmm. um, has alluded to this, uh, you know, actually making Avengers Con a reality, like a real thing. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm sorry, Feige, you do not have a damn Madsen because part of the magic of you know the Star Wars celebration the way it is or you know was before everybody decided to you know do whatever they've been doing you know right uh, fine but part of the magic of that is you know Dan Madsen was there as the guy who was on the front lines of fandom at the time Granted, all we had was Radio Lamp Murders and Tucker, <laughs> but he was there. He made it happen. You know, it was I believe Dan and Steve Sansweet who uh, literally, um, you know, the idea from those two uh, birthed out. Obviously, you know, Celebration Denver. You know, I believe it was back in '99 when Phantom Menace came around. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I find Avengers Con is kind of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe or, or Disney Plus shows version of the Hellfire Gala that they do in the comics for It X-Men. is, it is. <laughs> but what, what I'm asking and getting back to my original point is, do you think, uh, you know, the same thing can be repeated with, you know, making Avengers Con a, a, a real thing? Because honestly, I would go to this. I, you know, what I could see is them making it like, oh, what the heck was the name? There's like that pavilion, uh, the tech pavilion over in the uh, Tomorrowland area, and they had the Tony Stark exhibit oh, yeah, there. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, I mean, I could see Disney doing something like that mm-hmm. and yeah. letting you, kind of like you do in Batu, go to the AvengerCon that Kamal went to. Um you know that that'd be kind of cool, and you could have you like mean, a that le, scene play like, out, like maybe attach it to Avengers Campus kind of a deal, or, or even have something different than Avengers Campus on a different part of the park. I mean, or do something later if they ever get rid of Avengers Campus, bring this in. I mean, I could see them doing something like that. Right, right. Well, hopefully they'll leave Avengers Campus alone, so I can actually go to Florida. You know, when it's not 
on fire with goddamn madness. Right. And, okay, so one of the things about the Department of Damage Control is I kind of wish they would have played up the Sokovia Accords a little bit more. I feel like we're beyond the Sokovia Accords, but we shouldn't be. We've got yeah. kids out there doing things that should be, like, big time in that. Those and, kind of, those, I'm glad you brought that up because those kind of disappeared. Right, and and at the end, we see Department of Damage Control, and they're watching a video, the video of Kamala saving her friend, and decide right. to go to New Jersey, uh, New, well, New Jersey, uh, to New Jersey, New to Jersey. Find her, and, and they're going to detain her, and I'm just like, she saved some, but, but, and that's something that continues on as each episode goes, is like, they're asking her, like, did she attack you? And I'm like, you watched her save them, like... The hell's your trip? <laughs> right, right. Wow. Well, but if but, they would have brought up Sokovia, that would have made a little more sense. Like, well, she's out there being a vigilante. We, you know, we got to make sure she signs up. Yeah, basically. That, uh, you know, this part of what I brought up about the six episode structure. There were a few things, like the bit with Department of Damage Control, where I'm like, uh, what? Mm-hmm. Now, consequently, the Department of Damage Control is kind of a, a what? Even when I was reading comics, I'm like, mm. I, yeah, I, I, I get a comic to read about the superheroes, not the guys cleaning up after them. Right, and they've got all Stark's tech now. <laughs> oh yeah, the the drones from uh, um, was it Far From Home? Yeah. Edith. Or actually, the drone from uh, Far From Home and No Way Home, to be honest. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, yeah, so... that's that's where that episode ends. And then we move into episode two, Crushed. Uh, yeah. And you know what? I think the title represents a few of the older fans crushed that they didn't get their Terragenesis Kamala. Yeah, I... I... <laughs> I wonder, I mean, are people out there really, I mean, we're Star Wars fans also, so we've seen it all, all sorts of reactions, but Marvel fans seem to, I don't know, I could be wrong here, but Marvel fans seem more sane, like they really are just roll with the punches kind. (laughs) Well, I I don't know if I would say that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it does make Star Wars fans embrace Marvel fans going, oh, come on, first time. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like that James Franco meme going around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, all, all, I, all I meant by bringing that up was, you know, MCU fans always want comic-accurate material. It's like, well, in some cases, and especially a lot of cases, especially when we get into our third episode and talking about episode six, you can't have that. Right. You just can't have that in most cases. One, right. because I think Feige is, you know, tired of waiting. Right. Um, to, you know, to go to the house of M. No, not that <laughs> house of M. You know, calm down. Right. Another house of M where we can actually say, you know, that word. But, uh, so I think it's a combination, Feige getting tired of waiting, mm-hmm. combined with, 
you know, just not just MCU, but modern fandom in general is, I hate to say this, modern fandom in general is a bunch of ungrateful little spoiled brats. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. Uh, and you and I have seen our fair share of it, my friend. I'll just leave it that. Well, in comics, you know, they always have these big events. Um, like one of the current ones was Dark Ages, you know. And a lot yeah. of them, like Age of Apocalypse, right? They oh, were, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to go to another universe, and we're going to see a new spin and a new take on all your favorite characters, right? And And so... I've been following all of the MCU in that same kind of guise. You know, Spider-Man's mm -hmm. felt a little more like Miles Morales than he does Peter Parker at times and stuff yeah. like that. So I, I, that's where I think I feel like people are more accepting of what we're getting when it comes to a change in the source material. Um, yeah. But I, I, I do I curious if, yeah. if there are fans of the Inhumans that are, are feeling snubbed right now because she is probably – the most famous and well fan loved in human. I, you know, I, you know what? I think they felt snubbed uh, when uh, uh, Feige pulled his little stunt in Multiverse of Madness. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When he basically had Black Bolt there and treated, and Wanda was essentially uh, Nelson from The Simpsons, laughing <laughs> at ABC, going. <laughs> I right. think I think they felt more snubbed there than they do with the changes they're making and have made to Kamala Khan here. Right. Now, you had mentioned it before. Um, th this episode begins with her training and, and starting to control her powers with Bruno. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, of course, you know, he figures out that it's the bangle that's uh, activating her superpowers. Uh, this is also where we meet, uh, what's her name, uh, Nakia, uh, her friend uh, that that's, ends up kind of being more prominent in the the mosque. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was interesting, you know, how they did all the mosque scenes and stuff and brought the community forward. Um, I, you know, I, oh, I oh, enjoyed the, the, the Pakistani aspect of how they brought in the history. I didn't know anything about the partition of India. Like, right. let never brought say, that up in our history class. Let me just say, not just here, but this whole show mm -hmm. has done a wonderful job of, you know, highlighting a culture. Like I said when we talked episode one, highlighting a culture that we know nothing about because we're so comfortable in our nice little often arrogant box that we've made for ourselves that we have so much so we have so much so much blinders on that we don't look at anything else because honestly most of us don't want to yeah learning about the partition of india after it was brought up in this i was like oh man like how how do they not teach that more often? And, and if they are at other schools, what the heck is going on with the school system where I was growing up? <laughs> no, no, I, I don't know. Right. Uh, don't I answer don't that. That's, that was rhetorical. Don't answer that. That's a no, 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 dude. Mine had the same problem. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, 
Again, they also had me to contend with, so they had two problems. Right. But right. I, I see where you're going with that. So we uh, go from the training montage. We go to them at school, um, you know, and her friend's like, hey, there's a party going on. Zoe Zimmer girl, you know, we should go. And this is where the new senior, uh, Cameron, shows up. And we're introduced to him. Yeah. And I, I, I yeah. love the, the yeah. ongoing... Shows up. Shows ongoing... up in, shows up in the most equivalent way to a CW episode I've ever seen. <laughs> and the, and the ongoing jealousy that Bruno has for him because like I think when he showed up in that moment I felt like Kamala was uh, the girl from Turning Red. <laughs> yeah, when when he showed up looking like some kind of you know a, a chiseled Adonis have a swimming pool, I'm like. Uh, you can almost see the uh, the Mortal Kombat fatality finishing <laughs> over Bruno's face. I'm like, you're done, right? You're Friend done. zone enabled. <laughs> you're you're done, buddy. You you might as well you might as well hand Bruno Yoda's walking stick and be like, here, prop yourself up with this. Right. Yeah. Kamala quickly befriends uh, uh, Cameron, and you know, I I mean, I guess in the, there's that aspect of again culture of you know here's a, an attractive gentleman of my culture and you know some people are, are very traditional and they want you to marry within your culture and right, right. you know so like so i could see bruno immediately being like oh man there goes my girl you know yeah, and yeah all of us all of a sudden he shows up and bruno is about as useful as a hostess cherry pie i i will tell you though the kid that played bruno played that role in that jealousy perfectly though like he didn't he did, overdo he it did, he did his job i'll give him that he did yeah. his job uh, so when she ends up going off and, and deciding to go with Cameron, he's like are we going to be working on your costume and she, you know he's like oh you're going with the rich boy with a really nice car okay all right, right we'll right, see you later right. now i you were mentioning the aesthetic here um you know, and because we were talking about it earlier, it looking very much like a Disney Channel uh, thing. You know, the equivalent of Boy Meets World or Lizzie McGuire. I, you know, some of the uh, some of the art, right? Mm-hmm. I was also thinking very sort of. Uh, it's almost like going into Miles Morales's brain. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that too. You know, and and uh, I'm thinking that watching this show and thinking, you know what, Sony Marvel continue to play nice, because can we, if we don't get, you know, Kamala Khan and Miles Morales to meet up eventually, that's a right. wasted opportunity right there. Right, right, and that's you know, and that's where I'm very, very curious where they're end game for these this phase of characters is going you know because right. like, we we've got speed and wiccan that have been introduced um you know we who we... obviously giving multiverse of madness and the fact that they haven't aged a lick since uh wandavision right it's gonna take a while for them to grow up in the wiccan and speed so i don't think we're going to be seeing um a young Avengers product anytime soon. Right. You got, I mean, Kate they're all Bishop. on, you know what I mean? They're all on the playing board at this right. point. Right. Right. And, and they're not, I, 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 they're not B 
being you. In fact, I think Kamala is the first one that's actually really getting utilized. Yeah. Um, Wiccan and Speed had a moment. No, because let's be honest. The, let's be honest, and we'll talk about it as when we get there. But going by episode six, they're going in a completely different direction with Kamala. That's yeah. You almost have to take her off the the uh, imagining the uh, Young Avengers roster, especially mm-hmm. with where they're going with her. Well, she she was never on an Avengers team. Well, but that's what I mean. But when you're thinking right. Young Avengers, right? well, see, that's that's where I, I'm. Yeah, I, I'm curious because I'm like, you could go either direction here. You well, could make them you all know, the Guardians you, or you New know Avengers. what I mean because of how they're going with her, mm-hmm. right? And what episode six said that said what direction we're heading in. Right. You almost have to take Kamala off the Young Avengers even thought board. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know. But that that actually that plays into why she started the Guardians though. I mean, the big reason why she was doing it was right after Civil War Two when does, yeah. her hero, Captain Marvel, uh basically kills Tony Stark. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I, I don't even know at this point if it's actually Tony that's alive or if it's still his Jarvis spirit. Like I, I fell so behind after that. I was so irritated, but that was, you know, they wanted to do better than the Avengers. The Avengers had, had, mm-hmm. had failed their image so much that she's like, we got to do better and be better. And that was like the right, whole, right. the whole idea of that comic series. I, I got I mean, I gotta say that became one of my favorites because of Miles Morales, but yeah. her outlook on what she wanted the team to be was the heart and soul of everything. Oh, it um, was. Yeah, definitely. And so I, I wonder, you know, if as we go along, if they'll be able to pull something like that out of her in, in the, the, the Marvels, um, Who because knows? Who her knows? being a fangirl, I could see her being like, you know, you got to do better. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, you know, based on a few things we'll get to in our, you know, third episode here, um, is, yeah, I think the Marvels is going to be pretty, pretty interesting and trippy, uh, especially with that weird sort of, we'll get to it when we get to it, but that weird sort of Freaky Friday switch. Right. I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> right. So, um, but we, yeah. we get the vision. So Kamala gets a vision from the bangle and it's her great grandmother, um, Ashaya, Asha. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Um, and that was who originally owned the bangle. Uh, and when she wants to get more information, she talks to her mom and her grandma and they both like, don't really give her any information to kind of dismiss her, miss her. Yeah, no, uh, being the sort of very uh, Uncle Owen model I was talking about, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the, and that's the sort of, no, get back to work. <laughs> that's actually where we get the kind of the, the backstory of uh, Grandma. Um, uh, you sh- Gosh, man, I'm trying to think of how they said their names because, you know, I didn't have the subtitles on and I'm horrible with names unless I can see it written while I hear it. Right, right. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, you know, reading the names that are written down, and I'm like, uh, but I think his name was Yusuf. Um, they gave him the mom and dad in Pakistan uh, 
nicknames. I can't remember what they were called, like Ami or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. Right. So anyway, he talks about how uh, Grandma had lost her way during the partition of India, and I was like, "What is this?" You know, I, I definitely want to know more about that. And we do get more about that. And I thought that was really cool the way they go about it. Um, yeah. But it's not in this episode, so we're not going to touch on that yet. We're just going to tease you for right. later. More good things are coming. Right. Um. So yeah, she she had that vision. She she knows what Ashaya looks like. Asha looks like. Um. Then they go to the party, right? Oh yeah. That's when everything gets fun. <laughs> you have a weird definition of word fun, right? <laughs> oh, oh, you are you talking the wedding? Was that two or was that three? Two. Oh, that was two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. The wed the wedding. Um, Again, I I thought, you know, much like the show has culturally highlighted, right, anything, it has also sort of, and, and the wedding really shows it, but it has also sort of, you know, given this, this uh, rich palette of anyone can have anything to relate to in this, mm -hmm. you know? Whether it's um, uh, uh, you know, uh, a tendency to overindulge on weddings or an overprotective mother, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, or, a, well, not so much a father who's just too happy all the time. <laughs> Her dad was pretty happy. Yeah, he was, but I can't think of anyone who who could relate a dad to that. <laughs> Uh, except in their own perfect mind, but, you know, that's right. a, another story altogether. Right. So at this point, we go back to uh, the O or the DODC, the Department of Damage Control. Uh, they're questioning one Zoe Zimmer after they saw the video of her being attacked by Kamala. And she's like, I was saved. I wasn't attacked. Like, And that was when I was starting to wonder, like, you know, what's going on? With the, like, I wish they would have mentioned the Sokovian Accords as a reason. I don't get why Cleary and Deaver ordered a sweep of that area, why they were targeting that community. I don't understand where all of that came from. I don't either, and, and this is this is where I feel. You know, I'm still going to come back to harping on the format um, because if you're going to be a show, fine but you need more than a six episode format if you're going to do ideas like this. Right, right. Because having the Department of Damage Control other than, you know, clearly needing a villain, which this show didn't. Uh, I mean, honestly, this show having a villain kind of reminds me of, you know, a certain Star Wars book series not having a villain tell you were like five books in. <laughs> Gee, I wonder what series that would have been. Fate of the Jedi, I'm looking at you. <laughs> How could you have a book series before before you before you even know who your villain is? The cards were, in front of the horse. You had one job. 
you had one job, and honestly, I'm glad a lot of what you were doing later is wiped clean because, God damn it. <laughs> uh, okay, so but they Mark, end up Mark, down I'm, at a starting to, I'm starting to sound like you're passionate inside of Legend's brain, man. Right, right. It happens, man. It happens. I'm uh, sure it so does. we're down at the mosque. There's a celebration going on, and a little kid ends up falling off of a balcony. Kamala's able to use her new powers. She saves the boy, but this basically puts her immediately under the target of all the uh, Department of Damage Control agents that are nearby, yeah, and she's, she's on the run. Like, well, let's like, not uh -oh. forget. Let's not forget. She saves the boy, mm -hmm. has a vision in between. Her That's powers right. almost break, but she saves the boy by basically, you know, um, uh, creating a little light step ladder, you know. Yeah. Basically, he falls to the ground the, the the same way a pinball would if you're trying to, if you, you know, ratchet the pinball in the machine and you're rapidly trying to keep hitting it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I'm just like, okay. <laughs> I, I got to admit, I, li I liked uh, the, the show even, in, even going into this episode. Right. There were great things to watch. Culturally, it's highlighted things extraordinarily, extraordinarily well, especially for us ignorant folks who who don't really know a thing outside of our own culture. Uh, right. It's highlighted extremely well. And I think 14 years in the MCU is, is actually able to do that, and I applaud them for doing that. Right. But I got to admit, outside of all that, this show almost lost me. I'm just like, okay, what are you doing? Your your villain isn't clear. Your intent, the Department of Damage Control seemed to seemed to be a thing that came in as an afterthought. Right. Right. Well, yeah, um, they were first introduced in an end end credit scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so it all it almost feels like. Uh, you know how when, um, you know, uh, okay, he showed up in the original Avengers movie, and, you know, according to Feige, he's dead, so don't get your Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. hopes up or anything, all right? He's mm -hmm. dead. But it almost feels like, um, Department of Damage Control here almost feels like how everybody was treating Coulson after, uh, Feige was done with him. Right, right. You know how Coulson would just show up again randomly, <laughs> right? Yep. Uh, yeah, thus creating this effect in Marvel, where it's your it's your um, uh, FCU, your or FDCU, your fake death universe, <laughs> right? Where unless unless your name uh, starts with Uncle and ends with Ben, you ain't dead. <laughs> oh gosh, you ain't wrong. Uncle Ben kind of gets a bad rap. He's gotten it what three times now. Mm -hmm. Actually, actually, he's gotten it four because you have to count. You have to count everything that. From Civil War to Endgame, 
the MCU is doing. Why? Because guess what? They basically did an Uncle Ben. They basically made Tony Stark Uncle freaking Ben. <laughs> yeah. 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 Watch it again and tell me I'm wrong. And spoiler alert, <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. So as Kamala is running from the Department of Damage Control, a car pulls up, a door opens, and Kamran has her jump in. And that's when he introduces her to his mother, who happens to be one of the ladies from her visions. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. And at this point, we're two episodes deep, and we're still having things presented. Like, there is no clear direction yet. You know, we know Department well, of Damage well, Control but, is but after that's her. that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's why, and I'll keep coming back to this over and over again. This six-episode format isn't working in some cases. Yeah. Because, right? like, I, I think it, about the I mean, Falcon I and the Winter Soldier. I enjoyed the show. Don't get me wrong there. But right. you needed three more episodes to mm-hmm. get this entirely clear. You need or make to... each episode longer. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, not just the, the out, going outside the six-episode format, but, you know, stop with this ridiculous 45 to 50 minutes because, I'm sorry, in Marvel's case, especially with the previously on and your end credit stuff, you're literally shaving 10 minutes off, thus making your episodes shorter than you actually say they are. Right. And we're on to you, Disney. We're on to you. We know what you're doing. We know. We know, we know. what you're doing. <laughs> well, guys, now bring us to the end of this first episode. Um, and uh, we will be back uh, to discuss the next. So, Mark, thanks for joining me, as always, my friend. Mm-hmm. And you know what, gang? We'll save our usual for uh, the the regular show. Uh, the next regular show is going to be a full review of Thor, Love, and Thunder. Uh, but for now, we'll just say our clothing right here. What the con is going on? <laughs> Thanks for listening to Smells Like Marvel Spirit, The Kamala Diaries, covering the MCU series Ms. Marvel, streaming exclusively on Disney+. Things MCU Marvel is a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company. This podcast is meant for informational purposes only and no infringement is intended.